We're back from Thanksgiving and we're ready to tackle some more NFL stone cold lead pipe locks. And Mr. Brown is slowly climbing his way to number one nationwide. So you got to check those out. We got college football playoffs. We got coaching changes. We got an MLB lockout. It's December, but we got sports. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Big A. He's feeling a little under the weather, but he's a trooper, bud. He's with us. How are you feeling, man? Man, you hit 40 and there is no starting to go down that hill. I landed at the bottom. You're at the bottom of the other side the way you feel today, but I appreciate the energy you're bringing tonight just uh, to power through because we know what pays the bills and it's this podcast. Every week, baby. <laughs> and that, that, and you, you got to bounce back after Mr. Brown uh, extended a lead on the, the picks here. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about more of that later. But uh, we, we got to, I'm continuously praising our, our baseball guy because he is picking NFL games against the spread better than pretty much everybody except like three people in America. Mr. Brown found his groove and he has not lost it for about. Uh, do you guys, eight listen, weeks. fellas, I'm going to be real. So. I won fantasy baseball. The Braves won the World Series. I'm still wearing my pearls. He is wearing my, the pearls. I got my Atlanta Braves 2021 World Series champion. We're in the middle of a hat. We're in the middle of a lockout. I don't care. Now I'm dominating NFL picks. And you know what? It's not enough for me to get what I get. I'm coming into <laughs> your guys' wheelhouse now. Hey, when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, I, I can't. And when you're not, you're not. Yeah, exactly. I so. think Jerry, Jerry, somebody sung that song. You know what Greg just did there? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He he just paraphrased MJ from the last dance where he, he goes plays with he plays too. with the chumps up front who are playing dollar hands just because he wants them to know he's got their money in his pocket. That's exactly right. Only one of us here, fellas, can afford real pearl necklaces. Yeah, is that real pearls? Yes, it is. Ah, only the <laughs> finest things in life. He's yeah, got a personal right. jeweler. Yeah. All right. So before we uh, get into the whole diatribe on your pearl collection, uh, let's uh, let's let's kind of write the ship here. So you mentioned the baseball lockout. I, I want to talk about that college football playoff, uh, the coaching change. Like it's a it's an exciting week, man. We took Thanksgiving off. College football it, week may have been the biggest week in the history of college football. If you want to think about it for changes. Just think just of the jump dynamic. In that. Yeah, jump it, into not, that. It's not well, real quick. Just did you guys have a good Thanksgiving there? I did. It was nice for me. We didn't have to travel. Uh, we we was here at my house, and then we went right down the street to mom's house, and very relaxing. So you, you walked for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And go. I got to watch the Raiders uh, whip up on America's sorry-ass Cowboys. We did boys. So, yeah, it was a great Thanksgiving. The uh, the other, other thing, uh, too, is the week before, we got a chance to connect with those Lions fans who, man, they have become some of my favorite people, and uh, – you know, we're, we're going to be looking for some more fan bases to pull on the show here yeah, but soon. Damn it, if I didn't cheer for the Lions even harder oh, dude, after we talked to them the week before. You know how big he has, like, his six favorite teams? Yeah. Like, the Lions are, like, my number two right now. Yeah. That, that's the effect they have. I and see, you so can take them as picks because they always cover. I, they do. They they, do. they, they cover they every do. time. We all three picked the Lions. And, yeah. they, and they covered for and all three of us. There for one second, I was like, man, they might win. And I was like, no, it's the Lions. Yeah. I, but they'll cover. <laughs> they'll cover. 
How, how do you cover two Their points? Their win straight? is the tie for the Steelers, right? That's their win? Uh, well, they, no. They, they, they felt like they might as well just have lost. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all right. So let, let's, let's go to the, the college football world real quick. So just start with the playoff. Um, it, are the four teams that are in there right now going to be the four teams that are in there next week? You got, you got Alabama, Georgia, or Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati. I think so. I think that Alabama will beat Georgia in the SEC oh, title you game. Really do. That'll put them both into the playoff. If Alabama loses with two losses, they're out. They're out. But I think that they'll win on Saturday. That'll put them and Georgia into the playoff. I think that Michigan wins by two scores over Iowa. And I think that Cincinnati does the same. Although I mean, Houston's won 10 straight. They are a really hot team. I think the four that are there right now are going to stay. So not being like diehard college football fan, let me ask you, Canadian Biggie, why do you think Alabama is just going to just roll on Georgia here? So, because Georgia has been head and shoulders above everybody else. So before he answers, Georgia, what their best win is Arkansas or maybe Clemson. Uh, and and here's the thing. Before we knew how bad Clemson right, was. Right. And, and here's the thing. Alabama is not as good as Georgia, but they can beat Georgia. Okay. They're, they're not like terribly far away. I think Georgia wins though. So why is Alabama winning this game? Because it's Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. This has happened three, four times in the past. That's that's all the logic you need. It really is, sadly. Somehow, and maybe I'll be wrong this time, but Georgia finds a way to lose these games with Kirby Smart. They did it in the uh, title game a couple years ago when Tua is coming out party. They're down 13-0 at halftime. Alabama's (laughs) defending national champs. They've won how many games in a row? He benches Jalen Hurts, throws in Tua, and they come back from 13 down. The one thing I want to see in this game is I want to see Alabama get out to a lead because I saw where Georgia has played less than 10 minutes of game time this year trailing. Yeah. Now, they don't score a ton of points, but they get out early. They're never behind. I would like to see – that's one thing with Georgia, dominant in the trenches and in defense. Their offense skill is position. average Their best. quarterback so, is let, always average. Let me ask you this. I'm not a diehard college football fan by any means, so I'm being educated here. We so. should do picks in college football then instead. We should. Yeah. <laughs> Make them change next year. <laughs> um, anyway, so Georgia-Alabama. The champ, it's it's the conference championship game, right? Correct. Yep. Is it a neutral field? Yes. Are they, yeah, it's okay. in. Uh, well, then there you go. It's wherever the Falcons play. It's Why in Georgia, they not though. play at Georgia's home field? They're, they they should get home field. Well, it's it's always neutral site for the conference championship. That makes game. no sense to me. No, it does because no. if no, if you if you like got, the Big Ten plays there's uh, in yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah. So what happens if you got two teams that are seven and zero, eight and zero in conference? How do you determine who gets home field? By the by, the rankings. Oh, so now we're going to use that stupid shitty college yes, football. That's what it's there for. Nah, I'm okay with the conference neutral site. That works. Right. It's just like when you do the uh, basketball tournament. I, that's right? why I was asking because, like, if you said Alabama like that, I'm like, well, clearly Georgia should have an advantage. Yeah. They are in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, it is in Atlanta. I got so, you. I got uh, you. But, I, but the other two teams that are sitting. God, out there. I'm rooting for the bull. I'm, I'm rooting for Georgia right here. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't have another game to play. Notre Dame's not getting in. No. And Oklahoma State, I don't know if they beat Baylor. Well, well, all right, so here's the thing. Notre Dame can get in if Iowa wins and and Baylor wins. But would Baylor get in before Notre Dame? Uh, Possibly. Conference champion. No, I think that – 
Houston's won 10 straight. They upset Cincinnati. Georgia beats Alabama. Now, Cincinnati and Alabama are both out. You got uh, Georgia at one, Michigan at two. I think Notre Dame ends up at four, and somebody leapfrogs them for three. Who? Take uh, Oregon. They'd be a Pac-12 champ. What do they do against Utah? I know they got slaughtered. Uh, it's not Oregon. but it'd be, It's not going to be Ohio State. It could be Oklahoma. Nah. <laughs> Oklahoma I, State beats Baylor and they get in. So the, the fun part about all this is we're at the end of the season and there's still a lot that can happen. It does have to be decided on the field. So, you know, there, there's a beautiful weekend of college football coming up and it's high stakes, man. So the playoff – kind of starts now you know that that's the beauty in it so all right you you said your piece i'm just going to give you my rebuttal real quick uh georgia wins alabama's out michigan wins they're number two oklahoma state wins they jump in cincinnati finishes number three so you got georgia playing ok state and michigan playing cincinnati yes be two good games yeah, Ohio State faithful would show up and support Cincinnati just to beat Michigan in the playoff. Here's the thing with Cincinnati. If they win Saturday and they remain in the playoff, then they keep Luke Fickle as their head coach. If they lose Saturday, I think that he's gone to a different school. So I was listening to uh, the Dan Patrick show today, and a caller called in, and he said, boy, I just want to talk about how Brian Kelly just keeps screwing Cincinnati over and over again. You know, it's it's one thing that Cincinnati nine years ago makes the Sugar Bowl for Brian Kelly just in the middle of the night to decide, I'm going to Notre Dame, I'm taking my coaches with me. So here we are all these years later, and Cincinnati is on the precipice of the college football playoff. And Brian Kelly announces that he's leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU, only now for Luke Fickle to be rumored that he could be going to Notre Dame. Uh, so screw you, Brian Kelly, for always trying to mess with Cincinnati's progress. But uh, I, I will say that uh, Cincinnati is a better program because Brian Kelly was there, and they have him a lot to think for. And it doesn't look like that Luke Fickle's the guy. It looks like they're going to stay internal because uh, yeah, Tommy Reese hire. is uh, staying on as offensive coordinator. So yeah. why would you stay on as offensive coordinator if you thought another head coach was coming in. So their their defensive coordinator they have, and I can't think of his uh, name. Marcus Freeman, Marcus I believe. Marcus Freeman is going to be their head coach from he all played at Ohio State. Yeah. Not that long ago, it doesn't seem like. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, let's talk about Brian Kelly, man. We got two coaching hires to talk about. Brian it, Kelly, why, tell me what you think about his move to LSU. I think he's 60 years old. He's the all-time wins leader at Notre Dame. He's won 10 or more games, five straight years. If they were to make the CFP this year, it would be the third time that he's made it in like the last seven years. That is the ceiling. He has reached what Notre Dame can offer. In the so he can't climate. win a title there? No. Even though he can make the playoff? You'll never have the same caliber of talent as you do as those kids in the SEC. The standards at Notre Dame are too high. You can't get the no, same. That's not what's players. changed. I'll tell you what's changed. What's changed is it used to be a pipeline of Catholic high schools around the country, and now that pipeline doesn't feed them anymore. It's drying up. It, I mean, there's still great schools out there, yeah. but they don't have to send them to Notre so Dame. Let me ask you this. Does Notre Dame pay the equivalent of like these other big schools for the head coach? Oh, yeah. They got money. Notre Dame's got as much money as anybody. You I mean, just don't know how much because they're private. I mean, but do they pay? Oh, I, if so, so let me ask you this. My point is, why would Brian Kelly, who's already at Notre Dame, go to LSU? To me, it's not a good. It's not an upgrade. Well, they're well, paying more money. Yeah, that's my point. 
I don't know if he was one of those where he didn't think he could get that at Notre Dame. One of the things that I heard was that he wanted things done with the facilities at Notre Dame, and he had been told they would over the years, and they never have happened, and that at LSU he gets say in a private facility. I, I almost feel like stuff. with coaching Notre Dame, yeah, you're going to make your money, but then also it's like it's a privilege to coach Notre Dame yep. type thing. Touchdown, and Jesus. You the prestige isn't what it used to be. No, I got that, but there's a reason why people like Brian Kelly are leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU and to the SEC when you're independent in, in Notre Dame and you have a chance to control your own destiny. Yep. And and you know, you're still leaving. That's my opinion. So, you know, one thing I think is really interesting about this move is Brian Kelly's an offensive guy. And one of the reasons LSU <laughs> made a move so early in the year with Coach O was that they wanted to bring in a guy who would keep them in the running to get Arch Manning. He plays in New Orleans. He's the uh, most talented kid in that say state. Say it again. They can, New Arch Orleans. Manning, they can't lose him. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Kidney they had to get somebody in who could keep him home. I got you. Okay. Brian Kelly might be the guy. And here's the other thing. Brian Kelly's 60 years old. All he needs is a national championship, and he's a Hall of Fame coach. Then he cements his legacy. He has got to be looking at himself, talking to people around him, and he's like, Coach O, uh, the grass eater, they both won national titles down there? Hmm, I think I can do that because I'm a lot better coach than they are. No, and I agree with that because, like, Coach O is like, go Tigers. He's just this big, bulky, like – Male prostitute, and it's fine, but I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like Brian Kelly's a better football coach. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so he's getting a tremendous. I just called Coach O a male prostitute if you didn't hear Chad. Uh, you, you did. Uh, I want to say it again. Say it for, for everybody in the back. No, I just said it for you because oh, you weren't paying attention. I'm in the back. Uh, well, so. Yeah, I, you're in the back. So, so Kelly's contract at Notre Dame, it's kind of hard to figure it out because they're private. They don't have to release they don't have it. To. They but, don't produce it. So the the estimates was he was probably making like three to five million. You know, so now he's making what, ten? Ten million nine, a year. Nine, ten a year? Yeah. Well, he got a, a so I think it's a ten year it, ninety million package. dollar contract. But some of the things they figured into it like were extras like the well amen, brother. I mean, if if that's all it takes, go Tigers. <laughs> he gets uh Two one thousand dollar a month vehicle allowances or two company cars. He gets uh, a certain number of hours per year of the private jet for him and his family. Yeah. They're giving him a no interest loan up to twenty percent of the cost of a house, up to one point two million dollars. It's crazy. So here's the thing, though, culturally, does he fit in the SEC and LSU? Because I don't see it, man. I don't either. It's different. It's like he, has he ever like what makes you think he's getting Arch Manning? I'm not saying he is. I think from the LSU side they might feel right. That way. I mean, what happens? I, what happens if he goes down there and goes four and eight like he did his first year at? Uh, um, well, there's Notre too Dame. much talent. He's a good coach. Is there too much talent? Yeah. LSU doesn't. No, that's part of the reason why Edo's gone. Like no. there's talent to be gotten. But. Edo's gone because his offensive coordinator Joe Brady left after they won the national title. No, but Edo Edo's a great recruiter. He's not a good X and O. Edo's guy. not even no. a great recruiter. He's just having to be at a school that can. Recruit. I'm just saying. He, he's just he's, he's known he's, to be. If recruiting is what's got him the job. He's farmer friend. You know that's what it is. He's a better recruiter than he is X and yeah, he's you know what it is. I I mean, you know, he for us Mountaineer fans, it's Bill Stewart. Yeah, I mean, that's what he is. But well, you know where I think that Arch Manning goes? Ole Miss. Yeah. Lane Kiffin. I mean, the legacy there. 
Cooper, the oldest of the of the Manning boys, played at Ole Miss, or he started there, and they did the injury and had to yeah. end his career. His granddad played there. I think he goes to Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, I, I can see it happening. I, all right, so will Brian Kelly win a national championship for LSU? Yes. Uh, I don't think he will. I say that he'll coach there for five to seven years until he's probably 65, 67. Those five to seven years, he wins one national title. Uh, I I think his best chance is if Nick Saban retires in the next five years, and if he's not fired in the next five years, then he's got a chance. Well, the thing about him getting fired is he built that into his contract also. I where know. If, they well, have to only, pay him like 90% of the rating amount. If he wins a national title, and then, they fire then he's him. guaranteed to get <laughs> yep. every dime on his contract. That is genius because it happened to two guys before. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other move that was made with Lincoln Riley, yeah. I've been saying, I don't know, for like two months now, USC needed to hit a home run. Like, is they could be Alabama run? West. They didn't hit a home run. They hit a walk-off World Series winning Grand Slam. Yeah. Oh, they wow. could have not have hired a better coach in all of – college and professional Dude, football for, he's 39 years old you you've been talking about usc for the last several months and it's like i'm not even a college football guy but like dude he's been all on usc yeah he said they need the guy and you've been saying it and i'm like who cares dude. about usc but here dude, we are it's so, the brand so, go like ahead, go ahead sorry all, all he's got to do is get down there he's not going to flip it overnight oregon if they win tomorrow night they'll won the pack 12 three to last four you Last four years. You got Utah with uh, Kyle Winningham's a good program. Arizona State coming back next year. Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. He's just got to shine up the old SC Trojan a little bit. Put it this way. All the things that Pete Carroll did when he was winning 30-some straight games, three national titles, all that stuff, pushing out Heisman Trophy winners, it's all legal now. Yeah. Lincoln Riley's 39 years old. In five years, he's 55-10 and 10 at OU goes to the playoff every year except for one, two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, and a thing about the national, about the NIL and the transfer portal. Oh, Southern look Cal. at how many kids have already flipped. And Southern Cal's where you want to be, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, man. Dude, you're telling me that you have a choice between going to a cold weather school like Michigan, who's got that name or, and that brand, or, or Oregon or, or USC. Yeah. Like I'll I get or, Oregon's got all the cool uniforms, don't get me wrong, but like I can be in L.A. Yep, and I can Dude. get in, I can get nil deals in L.A. No, but now we're bringing back like the prestige and right. the nostalgia which we talked about earlier. Yep, like you're bringing back the Coliseum to like national relevance. It's been ten years since you really felt that way. You know what's crazy is is like do these kids even remember nowadays? Like do they remember Vince Young right. and Reggie yep. Bush? Right. Like dude is. How long has it been, man? At least a decade. And, and yeah. here's the thing, like, you can't – and I told you two years because I'm with you on that being a Grand Slam hire, and I think he will bring a hell of a lot of good to them. Just and, I, and I think, overnight. unlike Brian Kelly, he he saw the SEC and said, screw that, I'll yeah. go out here and win where it's a hell of a lot easier. Well, look at the Pac-12. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, Do I want to be Oklahoma going into the – nope, nope, nope. I think I'll go out here. And he's also making $10 million a year, it looks yep. like. So, I mean, good for you, Lincoln Riley, at your age making that money. That That's awesome. But the – the thing is, these programs, LSU and USC, they're making great hires. Yep. Don't overreact when things don't go well the first couple of years. Yep. 
Don't put yourself in a situation like Florida, like Texas, like Nebraska. Like you can't just keep going two to three years and pulling the plug on a coach. You got to give them four to four to six, honestly, because it's it's not built overnight. Look at Nick Saban's first year in Alabama. They didn't make a bowl game, right? Weren't they? Six and six, six and seven. Yeah, or they, they, were, they, game they weren't bad. They turned it around quick, but yeah. you know, still, it shows nothing happens overnight. Yep. You know, it's not going to happen. Hey, but but on top of that, if he's really thirty nine, not even forty yet, he's not like these other upper echelon coaches. Let him do his thing. It's not like it's a Brian Kelly or Nick Saban who's pushing sixties. Right. You got let him time. do his thing. Yep. I mean, it's – I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Good, good for him, though, man. I mean, we could be wrong. Or I could be wrong. But I think that when we look back at this hire in like 20 or 25 years, he will have just retired from USC, one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football with multiple national championships. SC is Alabama on drugs once he gets it going with the NIL. That's all these kids want to be there. They all live on Instagram and everything now. All right. We'll see what happens. Write it down. Biggie has been high on USC, and he's saying uh, in the next 10 years, they'll win how many national championships? In the next 10 years? Yes, sir. And probably only two, but they'll play for four. Ah, I love to hear it. All right. That was enough college football. We did more just now than we have probably in the past two months. So I'm proud of us for that. Yeah. Good job, guys. All right, with apologies to Big as we move on from the college football segment, I, I do have to let him at least speak really quick on the team up north because we were acrimoniously negligent in saying that Jim Harbaugh did finally beat Ohio State, right? Yes, finally. Him and those khakis ran the ball down their throat. And do you want to give our listeners just a little info on who to follow on Instagram? Uh, Melissa Hutchinson. All right. That, that's a uh, mom of a player, everybody. So make sure you check that out. But uh, we, we sp- spent plenty of time talking about college football. Uh, Mr. Brown, uh, you are enjoying an offseason of uh, a World Series championship as an Atlanta Braves fan. But how long is the offseason going to last? We have a work stoppage in our future. Uh, I mean, it's already started. It's a day old, but – I think everyone realized the stoppage was coming. Uh, well, they they met how long? Seven minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I guess it is technically a work stoppage, but I you know I don't really care about what happens in December. Is like, how long is it going to carry in over February. into spring training? I can't like I don't I can't tell you if it's going to be a season that's going to be shortened or not. I don't. <laughs> what do they want? Like the owners. I don't. I don't know what they want, but the point is, is that it looked ugly when COVID started. And that's what all this is for, right? And then now the players are wanting what they want. And I just, I feel like it could carry over just because of them being spiteful about it. But like, and I, and I'll be clear. I've always been kind of on the side of the owners for whatever reason, and it's weird for us fans to say that. I think it's because baseball players make a ton of money. Well, they do, but then, and then they, they don't. It just but, depends. I mean, and I got it, but the owners also make a ton of money, and they don't put the, they don't want to put the product on the field. Right. That's what, like when you talk about some of the franchises that we like to bring up, like your Orioles, like your Pirates, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I got it. They're the owners, and they're going to make money regardless because of their TV deals, but – like there's a few things we could tweak and we could come to the table and make it better for everybody. And I, I think we should be all for that. I feel like there's too much money to walk away from 
I personally feel like if the season's delayed, it's not going to be delayed much at all. Okay. It's just my opinion. So they'll they'll find a way to get it in. If anything, they might extend the season a little the bit. The overall consensus is that they will come together and have an agreement that won't affect spring training. They can't afford so, to have a work stoppage, right? Yeah, they can't. First time in 27 years. And baseball's really rolling right now. Over under. So work stoppage started on December 1st. Over under three months, first week of March, are we in spring training or are we still hearing about things that need to be determined and decided and agreed to? I, I'm going to say with an uneducated guess that we get like a really shortened spring training that's probably half of March and then everybody's going to bitch about how rough the first month yeah. of the season is. I personally think we start on time. Okay. Yeah. So I'm saying we start on time. I'm saying they just say, sorry, spring training's quick. No, I'm saying spring training is going to be normal. Okay. I hope. Uh, I don't feel like the sides are as far as apart as the media wants to say. No, I, I have an indication based off of some of the contracts that got signed here over the last week. You're probably right. And that we were talking about it earlier. It's like everyone's on a spinning spree. before the Everybody's trying to get signed before the uh, lockout happened. And then now we're in a freeze period until we determine how long it's going to last. But like – Everybody's spending that money. So who's some of the people that haven't been signed? Uh, you know who hasn't been signed. I'm not trying to no, know. That was not a he jab about Freddie, about Freddie that Freeman. Was, that was not a jab that was. about Freddie Freeman. Who else has not been signed besides Freddie, Freddie Freeman, Freeman and everyone else? Nah, who, seriously, who else? Who else is out there? Clayton Carlos Kershaw. Correa. Yeah. Carlos Correa. Yeah, Correa's the one that surprised me. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's, there's other There's other story. He's yeah. out there. Okay. Yeah, Correa turned down like a five-year, $160 million offer from the Astros. Kind of the same deal that uh, Baez just signed in Detroit. Yeah, I was surprised to see Baez go there, but they give you the money you take. He went back with uh, A.J. Hint. Yeah. Detroit's going to surge, baby. Yeah, we're going to be there in June. The the Mets signing of Scherzer for the next three years at his age. Take me to 40, baby. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. That has got to be... You know, we always talk about bad contracts in baseball or the last couple of years of overpaying for a guy. They're overpaying for a guy before he makes his first start. I love the fact as a Braves fan that we've always hit Scherzer. And now after his dead arm and he's even older and now he's in our division again, we're going to freaking bury Scherzer. <laughs> now, and the Grom can't stay healthy. But if he does, he's a, he's a dominant force. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest. I am not worried at all about the Scherzer going to the, the Mets. Nah, he, at he's, all. No. He's still got some you. good games in him, but for the long haul, like he's not he's nowhere. He's not cl- your number one ace dominant starting the all star game. Yeah, he's not making you know, he's making like one point three million per start. Per start. Per start. And no matter how many innings he goes, mm-hmm. he could be his Nationals version of Scherzer, or he could be the Dave Roberts Dodgers version of Scherzer, who says you're out after 65 pitches. But guess what? You're still getting <laughs> $1.3 million. Maybe so, maybe they use him as a you know middle reliever. Yeah, he still get the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Texas Rangers have different ownership than they did when they signed Alex Rodriguez, right? Yes. Yes. So Somewhere in that area of Texas, they just like paying $300 million for shortstops from the West Coast. That's like Seeger got, what did he get, 10 years, $325 million? Yeah, That's right. And is, I know he's a good player, but doesn't that seem like that too good? much money for him? It's way too much money. All right. Seeger's a good player, 
But like he's more clutch than he is like an. Like well, a, you can say that when you're on the Dodgers and you're yeah. in those moments. Yeah. yeah, and you 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 get the playoff moments to like you got a chance to be clutch. clutch. Uh, but then like. I can't tell you that he's any better than Simeon, who's also a shortstop that they saw. Yeah, yeah the Rangers went out and I did a bunch. Simeon was third in MVP, MVP voting in the American League this year. Which is nuts. Behind Otani and Vlad. But he had and a, you're telling me that he's not as good of a player as freaking Corey Seager? No. What? <laughs> who plays second base? Uh, I guess the guy who made less, so it's Simeon. <laughs> Well, that's how it works. That's, that's, what we're, that's what they did with A-Rod and Jeter. No, the Dodgers have Seager move over when they brought in uh, what's-his-face, the sweet, sweet, and slide into home plate. No, Trey Nationals. Turner played second base. Oh, I thought Trey played short. No, okay. they moved Trey to second. Gotcha. Now Trey is back to short where he should be. Yep. Okay. So, it sucks because we, we lose our hot stove for like the next how long? A month? Yeah. We'll see. Long least. enough for me to hold on to the Mariners signing the American League Cy Young winner and trading for Adam Frazier and maybe bringing in Chris Bryant. Dude. Best offseason of my life. Movers and shakers <laughs> up in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. If I was a Mariners fan, I, I would be excited. When, you, when, when we talked about Adam Frazier, I was like, dude, I'm excited for that move for you because he's very versatile. And then you got Robbie Ray, who you picked up in fantasy for a spot start, and the rest rode him all year. The guy grunts like Verena or Verena, ah! Verena, <laughs> Serena, Venus, Combo Williams. He grunts, like, he, he grunts better than both of them. Every time he releases a pitch, he's no Sharapova. And now he is your ace. So you got to feel good. I do. Hey, did you see about what the Reds have been doing? Hold on, up. yeah. They, All kinds um, of moves. Yeah, so uh, they, they're like the big lots team. The only time I hear the Reds is when I hear how Castellanos is going somewhere but, else. But, yes. they, but they got a good Hall of Fame. They do have a good – they have a nice facility. They, they have got good Skyline Chili. They have some good hot dogs. But uh, I, on that note, I don't want to talk about baseball anymore. I hate you guys. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for our question of the week. And this week we put out there on social media, we were just asking people, what's the best sporting event that you actually attended? And, you know, this is off the heels. We just talked about baseball. Mr. Brown, you had a great sporting event that you attended just a few weeks ago, it seems like. Yeah, the uh, game for the World Series this year. Yeah, it was I, amazing. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's a great one. I, I don't know, Biggie. Do you, you have a great one that you've been to before, right? Minneapolis Miracle with my son. Me and Isaac went. One of the great days. The game itself, first playoff game in the history of uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. The way it ended, and then being there with Isaac and just the, the feel. I mean, I'm not a Vikings fan. You guys know that. Uh, it's it just amazing. And it, it, they're in your you, top three now. You look at these Four, different five, ones on here, and like that one's super special for me because it was with my son. And will you read some of these different ones on here? People missing a loved one and a sporting event's what they refer to. Just shows you how much sports at home. Right. Yeah, it does. So let, let's let's shout some of these out. I mean, we we got some good ones. I'm gonna go first. We got uh, Ben Schwartz out there. First Twins game I went to after I moved to the cities, the Twin Cities. So we're back in Minneapolis here for this. Freddie Garcia carried a no hitter into the eighth inning before Jock Jones crushed a solo shot to center. Garcia lost a one hitter, one to nothing, because Johan and uh, Joe Nathan combined for a nine shutout innings. 
That'd be some people wouldn't like that as a baseball game, but I can see where that was an awesome, awesome one to be at. Which uh, which one stand out to you guys? I like this one right here. Well, there's a lot of different ones I like, but this uh, Jeffrey Perry kind of took a different angle on it. He said his niece's t-ball game. Where else can you see someone go for 11, 11 for eleven with seven home runs? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the You're not supposed to keep stats in t-ball. Yep. How about uh, Danny Salazar? That's the one I was going to go to. Oh, this to. is a great one. USC-UCLA football, 1990 at the Rose Bowl. I, I can just hear this in uh, Keith Jackson's voice, you know. We're at the Rose Bowl. It's not the granddaddy of them all. But anyway, 45-42 final. Marinovich versus Maddox. Incredible game. Johnny Morton caught a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone in the final minute. Deafening crowd. My ears were ringing for days. I bet, man. That's that's like Apex, USC, UCLA rivalry stuff yep. right there. Two quarterbacks that went on to play pro football. One wide played receiver. for the XFL. <laughs> Mr. Brown, what about you? Got any over there, man? Nah, I saw Troy Adam, game six of the 2002 World Series. The Halos overcame a 5-1 deficit and uh, ripped Barry Bonds and the Giants' hearts out. So that's, I remember the rally monkeys. Oh uh, man, that that was uh, that was the Tim Salmon, David that, Eckstein days. That was an apex uh, for the uh, for the the angels there. Absolutely, you remember the rally monkeys? I do remember the rally. They put them on the screen. He danced. Everybody put yeah, their hats absolutely. on backwards. That was pretty cool. Uh, not not Jake. a lot of info on this one. But Michael got with the fifty-five Indianapolis five hundreds. That's impressive. That is. That's like a guy who's been to every Super Bowl. Um. Jason the Bird Smoke probably has the most recent one as he went and watched your Raiders beat up the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day this year. Well, there you go. And overtime. Yeah, baby. I love uh, Michael pra- uh, Patrick Brady. Don't know if it's the best, but one of the most memorable. And he just put October 17th, 1989, 5.04 p.m., game three. Do you know what that is, Mr. Brown? Say that again. He said October 17th, yeah. 1989, 5.04 p.m., game three. Is that the uh, earthquake? That is the yeah. earthquake. Good job, man. But, uh, yeah, he was there for the earthquake. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Dude, this is the moment we fall into the ocean. Uh, that's, uh, that's good shit. What about this one? Michael Wayne, 1998, WWF King of the Ring, Undertaker versus Mankind, Hell in a Cell match. You know which one that is, right? Where he threw him off the cage. Oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean – you don't say it's not sports. That's real to uh, me, damn it. Could you imagine being there for that? Uh, that'd be nuts. I mean, because like shout no, out to Michael Wayne. Yeah, you didn't have a cell phone in your hand back then. You were just watching it, uh, wondering if the man died or not. Yeah. Michael Graham, Game Seven, nineteen ninety-seven World Series, extra innings, Marlins win. That was over. Uh, who was the closer for the Indians? God, I don't remember. Carlos Bagger, though. Yeah, Carlos Bagger was a shortstop or second base. I know. He was pitcher Albert Bell. I'm just remembering guys Jose from Mesa? the team. Kenny Lofton. Oh, yeah. Jose Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. That's Jose Mesa. Uh, chunky. You don't get my get salsa my from group. New York so we City. Can't, we, we can't badmouth him too much. Oh, right, we gotcha. got a uh, a Lauren A. Sergey Hensley went to a Mike Tyson fight with uh, their son. Had second had second row seats off the floor. Just said memory will never forget. I bet a Tyson fight was that's probably like a rock concert back in the day. Yeah, well, it would be really good. 
Here's one I got for you. Uh, Juan Andreas Rapoli Vasquez has two. He says, in 1999, I saw Pedro Martinez strike out 17 Yankees at the stadium, which is impressive. He said, I also was in Madison Square Garden in 1993 to see Patrick Ewing destroy Charles Barkley and the Phoenix Suns. The next game that year was the Brawl in Phoenix. Mm. Nice. So that's pretty cool. So we, we got uh, uh, one. This is Remember when we did the bracket about iconic sports moments? Well, the, David E. Burks. A lot of people in New England claim to have been there, but my brother Billy and I sat in left field grandstand in Fenway Park for game six of the 75 World Series, Red Sox and Reds, Carlton Fisk's home run. Send that guy a shirt. Hell yeah. That's iconic. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that, that might be one of the best ones right there. Right. I don't know. You got any any that might beat it? I, I like this one just because for the how far college football has come because it doesn't seem like this is that long ago. 1998 Tennessee Volunteers versus Florida Gators at Neyland Stadium. First overtime game in the history of the NCAA. Tennessee beats Florida 27 in overtime. Game. Uh, I, I like Christopher Brinkman just because this is like the third Malice at the Palace reference we've had. Uh, he he was there for that one. Uh, and uh, Could you imagine being there at the Malice? Depends on where you sit at. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you on that someone, side? Someone dude was like, they were there, and I'm like, are you the one that squared off against our test? It was your fault, wasn't He's it? He's like, I was on the other side. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Zach Ford. You haven't read that one yet, right? Nope. Friend of the show, Zach Ford, probably game one of the 2012 World Series. This is me right after Pablo Sandoval's third home run, and he's cheesing it from ear to ear. Yeah. Uh, and Solo, uh, got to put this out for my dad. He was, a, he was a season ticks holder for the Baltimore Colts and attended the 1958 greatest game ever played uh, up in New York, which that was also in the oh. bracket, but did terrible because people don't remember it. Do we got any hockey ones? I don't have hockey, but I have UFC. Top top fan Jesse Steele said UFC 264, Poirier versus McGregor in Vegas. The crowd was awesome. The entire card was entertaining. I, again, that stuff's got to be like rock concerts. Right. I mean, you might that's like going to watch a kit a Kiss concert. We appreciate our top fans. We we do. They 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 represent well. Uh, I'm just scrolling through here to see if we got any personal any favorite. Matt Tolbert, 2013, when the Bulls snapped Miami's 27-game winning streak, which, by the way, uh, just got a heads up. The Bulls are about to blow that big lead they had against the Knicks. What, did you get an alert that popped up on that one? Uh Uh-huh. I got one, too. One of my buddies, uh, top fan Jason Parker Hudson. I'm a diehard Miami Hurricanes and Atlanta Braves fan. I saw the Canes beat Oklahoma for the national championship in the Orange Bowl in 1988. A few weeks ago, I was a game for the World Series, a uh, game t- for the Braves win. Uh, two days I'll never forget. And the funny part of this story is me and Jason uh, Parker Hudson was trying to meet up at the World Series. It didn't work out because of our schedule. Um, but we've since messaged since. But we were at the same game, and we didn't get the chance to meet up and talk about it. See, that's the beauty about we don't know sports, baby. We're just yeah. networking like crazy. Yeah. But do you remember the 88 championship game? Canes, Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, that was Miami Vaguely. coming out of the smoke, you yeah. know, for the yeah. – I think that was okay. the first time they came out okay. of the smoke. So, okay. I like uh, this one from Matt Cronkite uh, as an MJ fan. 1984 USA Basketball versus Indiana University Alumni All-Stars at Assembly Hall. Jordan on the Olympic team, coached by Bob Knight. Isaiah Thomas on the IU All-Stars. 
No way. Yep. That's cool, man. Like that's that's a little slice of history that people don't know about. That's funny because that's they, good shit. They hate each other, and here he got his college coach coaching MJ against him. Uh what about Franklin Taylor Jr. in a twenty fifth Detroit Tiger game? First time I saw them in person win in person, it took twenty eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw I responded to him because yeah, I, I, I was like, that's that's great, but terrible at the same time. Wow. So that's a fan. Here's what I, I wonder what this would feel like because soccer is such a big sport internationally, it just hasn't taken off that way here. Um, Jim Middleton, I'm from England. In the UK, the biggest sporting event I've ever been to was the FA Cup final between Arsenal and Ipswich Town. And unfortunately, Arsenal, his team, lost one nothing, but it was a great experience. That's, you know, the Mecca. That's like their Super Bowl. Uh, it's, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I, I did find a hockey one. Chuck Clark uh, throws out the Miracle of Manchester. I don't even know what this is, but it says, The Night the Kings beat the Oilers coming back five down. Oh, by the way, my ticket costs seven bucks. Um, I don't know if you guys mentioned this one or not, David Andrew Jesuski Yeah. I'm not going to be able to remember that. Um, <laughs> no way I can pronounce his last name. <laughs> Sorry, but, Sorry David. Uh, Mark Burley's perfecto with his youngest daughter. That had to be a pretty cool day. Sorry for butchering your name. I got something to add to that. So I caught a home run ball from Dwayne Wise in Philly, first year of the stadium. And Dwayne Wise was the player who preserved that perfect game with a, a jump oh, over the center yeah. field. Uh, bl- uh, yep. Over the center field. So Dwayne Wise, Mark Burley, it, it all circles around, baby. Hmm. I got a ball signed up there by Dwayne Wise. Uh, I'll just close with this last one, guys, because uh, we can't read all of these, man. But we appreciate your all's comments. Uh, Olivia Johnson she said she goes by Liv. Well, she went to Super Bowl Liv, L-I-V, watching her Chiefs win a Super Bowl. So that had to be fun if you're a lifelong Chiefs fan, finally see him get over the hump. But, like, there's, there's great ones on here. We I saw somebody ran the Boston Marathon. You know, they put that on there. Like, that's not attending an event. That's being in the event. So hats off to you. But, uh, man, uh, always keep a lookout for those questions. We'll put it up once a week so we can talk about it on the show. And, guys, we love hearing from you. And you know what? There's a couple people in here we might be uh, trying to track down to come on the show and talk about experience one day. So uh, thanks for sharing, everybody. And, uh, you know, it makes me feel really bad about how I have not attended anything that great. I've only seen heartbreak, and it sucks. Well, you're a Mountaineers fan, a Bengals fan. I mean, that, that's, that's all, all I you got. Get. I can just say I was at the post 9-11 NFL games. That was good. This is like the uh, favorite thing that we do for me, just because you see all these different personal experiences on here, and we've all had the same ones that you hold on to. I don't know. It's just really cool. The sports pulls so many people together. Hell yeah. gentlemen it is uh possibly an unlucky week because it is week 13 of the nfl season right yes yes and that means eventually mr brown might have a losing record but we're back for the week 13 nfl stone cold lead pipe locks and for those of you who've been following along at home and if you haven't heard us say it already once on the show uh mr brown is kicking ass and taking names he's got a record 
of 179 and one, and that puts him in first place. Biggie, you're pulling up second. And uh, of course, soon as I go to read it, a stupid notification pops up. But uh, your record is 93, 86, and one, and then uh, I'm almost back to 500. I feel like every three weeks I get to say I'm almost back to 500. 88, 91, and one. So. I'll take it. What's amazing is there's only been one push all year. So good job, Vegas. You're doing a good job keeping honest men out of all of us. And uh, we're, we're kind of watching the Cowboys and Saints here in the background. Uh, we all picked the Cowboys to cover. They're six-and-a-half-point uh, favorites whenever we locked that in. And right now it's uh, only a three-point game, so time will tell if uh, that's going to hold up for us. But let's get right into it and go with some of these matchups. And so we're going to go right off with a doozy. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the road to the Atlanta Falcons in the dome where they got the little hole in the top they can open up. It's a little tiny thing. It looks like a bird's nest. You can do that there. It doesn't matter, though. Tampa Bay is a 10.5-point road favorite going into Hotlanta. So here's the thing. Atlanta finds a way to play games close even when they shouldn't. Um, Win or lose, I love Tampa Bay. I like how they'll finish the season. I see them only winning by 10 points. So I'll take the Falcons for the cover. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm taking the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks because I have no faith in the Falcons whatsoever. I feel like the Bucks are going to roll at least by 14 points. I- I'm just trying something here. Do you know what the Falcons' record is? It's not good at all. What do you think it is? They've won, what, four games? They're, they're one game under 500. Oh, really? Yeah. They they they've gone on a little tear here. Five and six. Yeah, five and six. Okay. So I was I, I was very surprised when I saw that. No, but I'm also taking Tampa to cover because it's just you know Atlanta man they're they can win some games but they haven't played anybody really good lately. They're coming back down to earth here, so you get to be a lone Falcon. How does that feel? <laughs> that sounded sad. It doesn't feel good at all. I'm just going on a uh, hunch here. That's, uh, you did give him 10, just not 10 and a half. Yeah. So that means we got to get 11 out of this, buddy. Uh, all right, how about the uh, Arizona Desert Cardinals on the road to everyone's favorite monsters of the midway, the Chicago Bears, where they looked rejuvenated with the red rifle, but the Cardinals are a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Hammer the Cardinals. You got D-Hop and... Uh, the midget quarterback coming back this can't week. can't say midget. You have to say little person. The short quarterback's coming back this week. Calamari. I think they win by 14 points. Calamari. I was going to double down. Is the muscle midget back this week? And you said <laughs> yes. So I'm going to take the muscle midget and the Cardinals. I guess when you say it together, it's okay. Yeah. I don't At know. At least I said muscles. Yes, so you're doing compliment. a compliment and yeah. a detraction. Yeah. So. Correct. So it's, it equals out. Yeah. It's a backhanded compliment. You just can't do a double negative. <laughs> uh, Arizona again. Uh, I, they're definitely covering that game. I think they probably – this hey, is one of those games where they would like – I did see Kyler Murray at the beginning of the uh, credits of Wolf of Wall Street, for the record. <laughs> uh, that's and he was muscular. He, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, Mr. Brown. All yes. right, so we got the Cardinals across the board. I'll continue my dominance. <laughs> How about the Colts on the road? To the Houston Texans, the Colts are a nine and a half point road favorite. These are all road favorites so far, by the way. Road dogs have been great this year. Well, road teams at, at just overall have been great this year. Um, give me the Colts to cover. Bounce back. I think they win this game by twenty-one points. 
Nine and a half, in case you need to remind me. No, I, I like the Colts. I like what they're doing lately, and the Texans, nah. <laughs> I mean, the Texans have been sneakier. No, I, I like the Colts, okay. hands down. I was just trying to get you to pick the Texans. Uh, it's definitely the Colts, uh, not even close. All right, so we're aligning here. Let's see if we do it as uh, – this is a tough one because, you know, Mr. Brown, you and I talked about how we've become Lions fans. But Biggie's uh, one of his favorite teams are the Minnesota Vikings. They're going on the road to Detroit. The Vikings are a seven-point road favorite. This game really sucks because neither team is uh, playing great, good, you know, awesome football, anything like that. The Vikings will win this game. For whatever reason, the Vikings and Lions are always close. I like the Vikings to win. I like the Lions to cover. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go Vikings because I just want to gain another ground on you. Another game. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I know the Lions are close always, but they, they never win. At a certain point, their, their luck runs out. morale has to be destroyed because they just keep fighting, and eventually they never win. So why would they just keep showing up? Is it for Dan Campbell? Well, they're at home. Now that you picked against them, they're going to win. It's karma. Can't no. go against your friends. See, I, 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 I feel like this is the type of crap he pulls where now Minnesota will cover. And will it's, cover. But uh, I, he has this I, like, thing that covering. revolves around him this year where that's not a good pick. If I would have made it, it wouldn't hit. Right. It's, I, you know what? When your shit don't stink, I mean, yeah. who needs potpourri? Uh, so I, I, I picked the Lions. So you're picking you're, the Lions. You're the lone wolf. You so, Despite this being Biggie's third or fourth favorite team, depending on the week what we're talking about, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna deliver a better skull than even he does. I'm sure you will. Even better than the sun does. You ready? Let's see it. Skull! Oh my God, the microphone just broke. Need a drum now. <laughs> skull! Even better. He doubled down on that one. <laughs> you love it. All right. Come out of the closet, Mister Brown. <laughs> I'm, I'm conflicted on this next game. It's the Chargers who I don't think the Chargers are very good, but they're one of those teams that can play really well when things they just go right. They are so Jekyll and Hyde. They're bipolar. No consistency. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to take their medication or not. If they do, I hate it, but they're playing my Bengals. And the Bengals are – this is the first home favorite we got. The Bengals are a three-point favorite. I'm just going ahead and telling you right now – Every time I pick the Bengals, they lose. So I'm picking the Chargers just because I hope it's like last week when I picked the Bengals. Like, I'm sacrificing this every week just for the karma that I'm not allowed to have things I enjoy. So I have to pick the Chargers to cover, and I hate myself for it. That's fine because you win either way. You got to look at it like that. You win either way. I guess. It's taking any loss away from me. Yeah. But you're right this week. This is a bounce-back game. Last week was a real bad game in Denver against the Broncos, so this is the week that the Chargers come out, look like a real team, win by four points. Then next week, they'll go back to looking like a crap team. you got to catch them on a week where they've won, and then you can pick your Bengals and be happy. If the Bengals win, they'll have eight wins, and if you would have said Cincinnati had eight wins at the beginning of the season, I would have just taken that in a heartbeat. For the whole season? Yes. Okay. Let alone at this stage. So your pick? Remind me again. Three points, Bengals at home. Mm, against the Chargers. I'm sorry, Chad. 
I'm picking your Bengals. I mean, if it means they win, I accept that. I don't like I don't like them going across the coast, the Chargers. I feel like the Chargers have way more weapons, but we've been saying that all year and they don't deliver. Nah, they do sometimes. Like they're like the equivalent of the Denver Broncos. Same record as the Broncos, and the Broncos have no weapons. <laughs> I can't What's going on? Can't explain that. Can't. So I'm gonna take your bangles. As much as you hate to hear me say it. I don't hate to hear you say that. You've been really good at picks and I actually enjoy hearing you say that they're going to cover. So. You just gave Chad a sense of ease, comfort. He'll sleep well tonight. Yeah, mm. my, my pants got tighter for some reason. And <laughs> let me let me reconfirm that. This has nothing to do with me thinking my Raiders are going to s- sneak into the playoffs. The Raiders are dog shit, okay? Let me make sure that's clear. This has nothing to do with my Raiders. This is everything to do with your Bengals, and I hate I hate to tell you that, but it has nothing to do with my personal interest. I, I believe you. I, I don't think the Raiders are going to sneak in any way whatsoever. All right, give me your lone wolf. <laughs> See, that was uh, with em- emphaticness. It wasn't the kitty cat meow. I love that. Who day, baby? All right, the Giants on the road to Miami. God, I feel like Miami are always in these just like – unwatchable games and here we are with another one but Miami have they won four in a row yes they have and they're a four and a half point home favorite smash the Dolphins on this one the Giants didn't look so hot on Monday night they'll get more of Saquon this week but I don't know even if he is healthy what he can do to offset what they don't have on offense Dolphins have won four straight and in that winning streak too is playing some lights out football all right a couple things I picked up two in our fantasy league because I need a quarterback so he's my third quarterback on my roster. Also, on top of that, I put Tua versus Kyler Murray, the muscle midget. Kyler Murray. And Tua leads every single category except for passing yards across the board. And everyone wants to shit all over him. So guess what? Dolphins are going to roll. I'm going Dolphins. You know, uh, Tua is – you just had to get him healthy and on the field. And it was funny because not too long ago, we were just like, he's done. He's he's like RG3. Got he's, Trevor Deshaun Watts. He's out of the league. Yeah, Can he even be a done. backup? And uh, here he is, like, rallying the tree. Like, sometimes, man, when you play conservative offense, it allows your defense to highlight some strengths, and that's what Miami's doing right now. Uh, Miami wins this game, but they don't cover. They win by field goal. So, I, I got the Dolphins winning, but uh, I guess uh, that makes – uh, no, we're all across the board. We all picked Miami. Never mind. I thought we had a lone wolf there. Hold we don't. together, Chad. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I scribbled. I changed my pick like three times and got confused. Uh, the Eagles. Man, another dog shit game. On the road to the Jets. Wow. The Eagles, wow. The Eagles are a touchdown favorite. Another dog shit game to pick is correct. There's been a few games this week that if you're betting money on these, you really, really have an issue. I'll say this. <laughs> the Eagles are another one of those teams that you don't know what to expect from one week to the next. They can go out and beat the hell out of the Broncos and then come home and lay an egg against the Giants. Yes. Or maybe it was in the Meadowlands. I'm not sure. It doesn't 13, matter. Seven. The Jets uh, over the last three, four weeks have looked like more of an actual NFL team. I'm going to take them to cover at home. I think the Eagles win the game, but I think that it's like a – a 14 10 17 13 type you said seven points seven points for the the eagles on the road i'm going to eagles uh i'm also taking the eagles i i think maybe the jets have looked good for like one week but you're saying you feel like they've looked like a better team for a few weeks 
three of the last four. Really? Yeah. I, I guess I don't remember that. But it shows how much Jets football I've been watching here. So you're the uh, lone uh, Jet there, buddy. I don't know what you want to do for that. I refuse to do anything positive for them mother effers. So I will just say riding. I don't know. I don't even know just what to do a, there. Just spell it for us. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Fighting <laughs> Robert hey, Salas. Just for the record, I think I got that one last week, didn't I? You did. Emphatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but there's Robert, a big difference there. Embrace You it. can go for them. I can't. He's a, he's a week late getting on that bandwagon. Yeah. Embrace it, brother. I, oh, I will not. I'll say it's, it's the fighting Robert Salas. Robert Salas. And, and if you want to catch the cream of the crop, then you got to sell it, brother. Ooh, yeah. He says the cream always rises to the top. Dig it. <laughs> the Washington emails are on the road to where no one can be bipolar as much as the Chargers as the Raiders can. And the Raiders are a one and a half point home favorite against the Washington emails. Mr. Brown, do you care to go first since it's your Raiders? Uh, I'm going to Washington emails. That's it? He talked enough about how he didn't really have faith in his Raiders earlier, I guess. That's all I got to say. Okay. I agree with you. They've won three in a row, and their defense is actually starting to look like a defense we all thought we'd see to start the year. Isn't that weird? They they lose uh, Chase Young for the year, and now they're playing better on defense, but it's because they got a – Taylor Heineke, and he, he's just the best thing going today, baby. And uh, Washington emails, they cover that one and a half uh, easily. Uh, they're they're going to win the game. So we're uh, across the board there. Do the Rams get back on track this week? They're at home against the Jaguars, and they're a 12 and a half point favorite. They do. I think this is one of those like when they went down and played the Texans and they were up 38 nothing at a point in the third quarter. That's going to be one of those games. Okay. Mr. Brown. This is deep thoughts. Say it again. Put your phone down. No, I need to know this for uh, Jaguars on the road to LA. The Rams. The Rams are 12 Rams and a half point favorite. Just like that. Right, yeah. We're across the board. Thanks for the dramatic pause for us to be unified there on the uh, picks. San Francisco on the road to Seattle. What do you think his spread is, Mr. Brown? Six. It's actually three and a half for the Niners. As bad as Seattle's playing, <laughs> I thought it was six. Yeah. Well, you, it should be. Uh, I mean, Seattle <laughs> Seattle does not look good. Russ came back too quickly yeah. from injury. It, to me, this is one of the easier picks of the week. San Francisco <laughs> is That's why good. I asked you yeah. what you thought the spread yeah. would be. Yeah. So we're all taking the Niners here without even yeah, talking it, about it. We'll, we'll just move on. <laughs> I will say this. Seattle has won at least without nine Debo, games. Without Debo. Has Seattle has won at least nine games for nine straight years. All nine of Russell Westbrook's Russell Wilson. Jr., the third seasons in the NFL. This will be their ninth loss, will it not? Uh, yes, they, they suck. They only have three wins, right? Are you worried the Debo's out? No, because then they'll just start using their actual running backs. Dude, I, yeah. now that I have – yeah, where I got Debo in fantasy now, like I'm, when I watch them, like they don't try to give him the ball a lot. It's just when he gets it, it's really good. Like they, they have other things they can do. Yep. For the record, that was highway robbery, Chad. It's only highway robbery now because I'm back in the playoffs, baby. You're back in the playoff picture. I know. My team looks damn good. <laughs> On paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's he's doubtful, so maybe I'll lose to Warner, who's in last place. Hopefully so. 
All right, how about the Ravens on the road to Pittsburgh? The uh, AFC North classic rivalry. Ravens four points road favorites. Another tough game to pick within the division most years. To me, not so much this year, just because Steelers started out a little slow, got hot, and that's the kind of team you thought you were going to see. They've lost, I think, three straight now, or four if you count the tie as a loss, which really it was because to the Lions. I think the Ravens have a bounce back week, especially Lamar Jackson after he last week decided to play left-handed through three picks in the second quarter. I think the Ravens win by seven or ten points, which is really a big win in this particular rivalry. Okay. I agree with you. We've been talking about it for two years now. They're going to sack Big Ben. His fat ass is going to fall to the ground. Gravy's going to pour out when they break his leg, and it's going to be the Ravens. They're going to cover, no question. This is – I think I think the Steelers have already lost this week. I think they lost this week last week. Like, you got your ass whipped. Like, it was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't even competitive. Like, like how do you even show up to practice on Tuesday and, like – Hey guys, let's put a game plan. Like, I, do you see th- what Big Ben had to say? I no, I try not to follow any Steelers news. I, I just I heard it on the radio, and they asked him about Sunday's loss to the Bengals, and he said it's like chewing a piece of bubble gum, loses its flavor quick. You spit it out and move on. Yeah, I tell myself that too. <laughs> but uh, you know what, uh, Ravens? I think the Ravens beat them by like fifteen. Like, I I don't think it's close. But so we're all got we all got them covering the four. All right, Sunday night. This is the flex. Can you imagine a month ago us thinking that Denver and Kansas City got flexed to Sunday night? But they did. Even that being said, Kansas City is a nine-and-a-half point home favorite. Kansas City finally starting to get on a roll. Four straight, seven and four. Uh, Is Kansas City coming off a bye here? They are. I'm going to regret doing this later, but I got to take them coming off a bye to cover. Denver is so up and down. They're at home, and Andy Reid dominates coming off buys. I, I like the Chiefs as well. We kept shitting all over them, and here we are thinking the Chiefs. It's between the Chiefs and the Ravens is the cream of the crop of the AFC. So I'm going Chiefs because they don't have to be the one that starts out the quickest, but all they got to do is finish strong. That's what they're going to do. You just keep forgetting about the Patriots when you're talking about them. They're next. We'll talk about them next. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna hey, keep forgetting. I think uh, Baltimore does have the best record. In the I AFC. still this day, I'm 60 pounds overweight, and I got better abs than Mike Jones. <laughs> you don't need abs <laughs> to throw a football. Uh, I'm not Metcalf. Uh, you know what? Go ahead and shoot me on this one. I got I got Denver covering. I, not an abs too big for me. I think Kansas City has looked better lately, but uh, man. I, I don't know why. I just don't think. I think Kansas yep. City wins, but I think they win by a touchdown. The reason I picked them to cover is because they're coming off the bye. I, I know. I'm with you. You but almost made Andy me change. Coming off that bye is just he kicks people's asses. You almost made me change it, but uh, I just can't do it. And, and you know what? Even though they had the the Chiefs had that great game against the Raiders, where everybody's like, "Oh, they're back." Yeah. But outside of that, they haven't been that impressive. They've just you look been at winning. the next week against the Cowboys. They only win by ten against a team without Cooper or CD Lamb. Yeah, they put one touchdown on the board for. I mean, the the Packers game. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. So all right, I'll give you my uh, hello, Wilbur. Yeah, because uh, the Broncos are my lone wolf. All right, last game, Monday night. New England on the road. Or nobody circles the wagons quite like the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. 
F the Bills. Bill Belichick has more wins in Buffalo See how his voice than changes. every head coach yeah, of the Buffalo Bills at home this century other than their current head coach. Tom Brady lost, I think, twice and 26 starts in Buffalo. MJ10, if you guys didn't see that, he's starting his own clothing brand. He trademarked MJ10. He's trolling Tom Brady without even trying to troll Tom Brady. Might have to try the TB12 method because, as you said, he is a little flabby. That won't matter in this game. Patriots are rolling six straight. All that Belichick got carried by Brady bullshit we heard last year sure did go out the window pretty quick. Back to the Patriots running the AFC, boys. Mm. So, do you want to you wanna pick this game now, Mr. Brown? Yeah, I'm going the opposite uh, Canadian Biggie because mm. his heart's on his sleeve, and I'm going to get another game here. So, you're, you're taking the Buffalo Bills? I'm taking the correct pick. All right, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they're, they're a good team. They're full coach. They, they do a lot of things that, you know, you can admire, and I like to compliment the other team a lot more than I compliment my own team. But the Bills are going to cover because New England – Albeit much improved, the uh, the Buffalo Bills, man, they're Jack Wanad too in a lot of cases, and it's time for them to be Mr. Hyde. They're going to be big, mean, and nasty, and they're going to take care of business because they're at home. There's no way they're falling at home at whatever the hell that stadium's called now. Whoa, 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 you should know that. You are the stadium name guy. I know, but it's... Isn't it New Era? No, no, it's not. It's like Highmark or something like that. Oh, yeah, it is Highmark. Blue Cross Blue Shield. Highmark. See, I did know what it is, damn it. <laughs> All right, give us something, Mr. Lone Patriot. Bill Belichick is coming. The rest of the NFL knows it. <laughs> Mac Jones has arrived. Fly, baby. Uh, that was terrible. I had something else I wanted to say. No, we're gonna we're gonna go and cut your mic off now before the obscenities get out of hand and I I'll lose all audio capabilities. But uh, that has been your Week 13 NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. And you know what, Biggie, you and Mr. Brown are very different. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle, so we'll see. I think I'll probably have the safest week, but one of you guys is gonna look really good, and one of you is gonna look really bad. But the good thing is, I got. Room to wiggle. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been fun. It's been a blast. And uh, Biggie, you and I were talking about something that uh, we, we like to bring up frequently. Not frequently, but maybe like once a month on the show. You, you sent us a clip this morning of a little wrestling action. Make wrestling great again, man! It, it was. We got a uh, we got fire and tables and reverse DDT onto a table on fire, and then when he goes to pin him, his back still on he's fire. Still on fire. That was like, legit. That's that's awesome. Uh, so and here's the thing: it's awesome because it doesn't happen like every week. But uh, we we've mentioned AEW a time or two, and you know I, I got lambasted a little bit for actually buying a pay per view of theirs. But uh, you know what? Uh, it's been enjoyable, and we were we were watching a little uh, MJF and uh, CM Punk stuff earlier. And if you want to just watch somebody that's good at being a regular asshole, that's uh, that's MJF, man. That's uh, one of my favorite guys. But uh, I can't tell you the last time I've watched any other wrestling besides AEW. I haven't watched anything other than AEW in months. You know, I think the last time I watched something through the WWE was WrestleMania, maybe. Yeah, I, last I didn't really even watch that. But you know, you know what we need to do? There's all these like local 
like wrestling things that pop up from time to time where it's like, come out to Arroy's barn. We have XMC XTW championship bout tonight. And it's like in some guys, you know, Hayfield. Uh, why don't we ever go to those? Like, dude, is, there is a local promotion around here. A guy we, we went to we high know, school with. We know him, yeah. you know, and like he's invited us out. But like, why don't we go to that? Why don't we make a plan and go watch? Some, We're way too cool to get excited for that. I, I'm not saying get excited about, it, but it'd be a you know, there's there's worse things to do on a on a Wednesday night in December. Maybe I don't know. Go out there and watch. It'd be fun. I mean, like you go and you watch some of these guys that made it big into the WWE, like Matt Hardy and. Jeff Hardy, and that's where they started wrestling. Like when they were in freaking Eleanor at the city park, jumping off a freaking top of a that's pavilion. Exactly right. So here's my question. I just want to kind of wrap up this before we say bye to everybody. If you were a wrestler, what would your name be, and what would your finishing move be? Whoa! All I've ever thought about is entrance music. <laughs> well, if I were a wrestler, <clears throat> my name would be the Notorious Big. Because it fits. Now, you'd have to say the Notorious Big. Yeah. Because you can't say B.I.G. Because that'd be copyright. Uh, and then uh, my finishing move, although I may have two or three that I switch between, would start out as a cross-faced chicken wing because that hurts like a motherfucker. You're, you're bringing out your inner Bob Backlund. Oh, He's God. a great American. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to go to my wrestling roots and my video game creation. I, I would go with the Dominator, which no one does today. Nobody does the Dominator. I think it's because it is a pretty dangerous move. Like, yeah. there's no easy way to fall on your stomach like yeah, that. Like, we are the nation of domination. domination. Yeah. It's great. I remember well, watching that as a kid ourselves. not realizing it was all about, like, yeah. the Black Panthers, essentially. I know, but then, like, <laughs> damn! <laughs> damn! <laughs> <laughs> like, how good are you to have a catchphrase? You can go to a WWE event and just buy a shirt that says, damn. Yeah, and, and you know what that's it great. is. I love it. Like, I, I do that at work sometimes, man. I just get upset about something and just. Yeah, exactly. Damn! So that's mine. It makes you feel better. That's that's good. I like the Dominator. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I would go with the submission route. I would just do the figure four, but do it inverted. Instead of having the guy laying on his back while you're doing the figure four, you do it while they're on the – I think they call it an Indian death lock, but that's probably not PC. So I don't know what you call it now. But Indigenous fig- people's lock of life. Yes, the tree of woe, if you will. But that's more something you do in the corner. But anyway, uh, you remember when Bret Hart used to do the figure four around the ring post? Yeah. yeah that was badass, man. Like that – the figure four, though, legitimately, like, you can break somebody's leg with that. Dude, it hurts bad. Like, all you got to do is put a little bit of tension on it, and that person taps out. Yep. How come nobody does that in UFC? I want to see a figure four one time in the UFC. Well, you'd have to kick a guy in the nuts first, and then you could maybe slap it on him. <laughs> That's the, no, no ref stoppage for the low blow. It'll so, okay. none of us went with the high-flying off-the-top rope move. I wonder why. <laughs> No, no moon salts. No uh, four fifty splashes. No, uh, no regular splashes. That's just too far for so us to fall. The one that appeals to me is the uh, Chris Benoit. Am I allowed to say his name? The, yes. the headbutt. Yes, that one would hurt both ways. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I probably contributed to his CTE and the untimely demise there. But, yeah. Uh, so maybe not the most well advised move. Yeah, uh, I'll go with the Macho Man flying elbow. They did. I don't know if y'all said this, but another one I liked, obviously my one would be the Dominator, but I also love Dean Malenko. The Texas Cloverleaf? Oh, it was amazing. The Man of a Thousand Holds? That's great. 
One of my favorite skits of all time is when Chris Jericho said he was the man of a thousand and four holds. Yeah. So he goes and he, he comes out and he's got like the paper and he throws it out in the ring. It rolls out like a Santa Claus list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to name all of them right now. And he's like, arm drag, body slam, Texas toe hold, arm drag, suplex, chicken wing. Arm drag, like, and then it goes to commercial and it comes back and he's still reading them. I mean, that, that's good TV right there. Dean Malenko just makes me think of uh, ICP, the great Malenko. Ha ha. Uh, we Ooh. had to, you know, it's just Chad not a loves show. Him some ICP. It's not a show we don't get ICP. <laughs> you know, they were wrestlers too, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, the oddities, that's who they uh, hung out yes. with there for a while, but uh. That's uh, that's showing our age now as we're going back to the Attitude Era. But that's enough wrestling. I appreciate y'all's finishing moves. And if Greg ever gets me in the uh, Dominator, you got to grab my feet and get me down before he slams me because I won't get back up. Now that you're light, I absolutely can put you in the I Dominator. Know. I, I, guess, <laughs> I see this happening at the point. Yeah. In the matter of months, involved. we've gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, let's wrestle. I don't want to kick somebody's ass if we're having a few drinks now. I'm like, no, I'm the guy that you're going to – you're going to toss around. Now he's the luchador. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to be like Hoovy. Arriba la raza. Ole. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us through this post-Thanksgiving show. We'll see you same time next week. Bye-bye. Viva la raza. <laughs>